All right, let's roll. Fearless Conversations, the Serpents and Doves podcast with Pablo Frasini. All right, I am super, super excited. This is parte dos. Okay, esta es la segunda parte. And I'll just speak English or else nobody will understand what I'm going to say. But that was part two. My brother Carl, my man, you're in the house. Thank you so much for coming back on. Hey, Pablo. It is a pleasure and I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man, I am so looking forward to this. Listen, before we get started, family, I got to say something, all right? Technology sometimes can be a, a friend and technology can sometimes be a foe and sometimes it can kind of be a little in between. So... Please pardon the little glitch that you see on the right-hand side. Uh, our, our, uh, our hope, Carl and, and my hope, is that you would just kind of not focus on that, but focus on the content that we're going to talk about because, to be honest with you, there's really nothing that we could do about that. So with that said, um, just uh, pay attention to what, what we're going to be talking about. Be prayerful about it because we're going to be talking about uh, some really serious issues, at least one very serious issue as it relates to the subject of Burning Man, and that is, what on God's green earth is the church doing wrong, and uh, what can we do to remedy that, right? Because the church, in essence, is not a building, right, Carl? It is not a physical brick-and-mortar building. Am I right? No, no. Okay. That's right. It is not a brick-and-mortar building. A brick-and-mortar building can be nice, but that is not essential. It's yeah. not the church. Church no. is the body of Christ. It's, it's the group of believers. It's Pablo, it's you, me, and a handful of others who might be sitting around in a coffee shop opening up God's Word and challenging one another through the, through the power of God's Word Amen. to build each other up for the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So listen, folks, that's really what we have in store. I am excited for part two. I was excited when we did part one. If you haven't listened, if you haven't had a chance to go and check out part one, Carl and I both would strongly encourage you go back, listen to part one. It will be linked down below because we kind of talk a little, very little about um, what Burning Man is. We talk about a very little history about Burning Man, but we really do get into some of the nitty-gritty of Burning Man. We also talk about uh, the, uh, the artistry that goes into Burning Man. I mean, this is insane, and it puts the church, it puts the church to shame. I'm, I, I hate to say it, but the, the amount of... of of energy, not just energy, but the amount of creativity that goes into some of these installations at Burning Man. And and listen, I'm not I'm not here to promote them. I'm not here to promote maybe the ideology behind some of these installations. What I'm here to say, and that's why I want to encourage you to go back and check it out, is the fact that um, the body of Christ has become anemic in multiple areas. And one of the areas that it's become anemic in is in the creative area. And if there's any area that the body of Christ should own creativity, it should, I'm sorry, it should own, is in the area of creativity. Because we serve the most creative God in the entire universe. I mean, he is, think about it, he created us out of nothing. He breathed breath into us, life into us. Out of the dust we came, he formed us. And there, he created the universe, the world. You guys could go check out the accounts in the book of Genesis. So listen, go back, check it out, listen to it, be blessed by it. 
And we pray that as we move forward in part two, you would be blessed with it as well. But before, as always, Carl, my brother, is it okay? I'm going to go do a little bit of uh, housekeeping. We cool with that? Let's awesome. do a little. Let's do a little promo here. So, um, okay. So, family, Serpents and Doves website. I've not started working on the site, the new site yet, but I will. So, I'm going to leave this one up for a bit. Uh, please sign up for the newsletter. It's really important. Things are going to come out. You're not going to want to miss it. Please do. I only get a trickle, so uh, I do get um, a good handful of views. But the handful of views and the handful of newsletters, uh, they don't uh, they don't add up. But anyways, please check it out. Subscribe there to the newsletter. Um, and then also, if you enjoy the content, I say this all the time, if you enjoy the content, uh, if you like what you see, there's going to be some new con uh, new uh, shopping uh, goods coming out. Uh, here is a way that you could support the ministry uh, right here on the top hand side of the page. We have uh, two buttons and you can click on either one of those, either a one time or a monthly. And I went ahead and set that up myself. And again, like I said, technology is being very glitchy now and go figure. Not sure what's going on here, but uh, it's at the bottom too. So there, you know what? You could beat technology at its own game. So if you click on that, um, and look, look, if you click on monthly, look what it does. It takes you to the hats. So lovely. That's what I mean by it's doing. You know what? Let's just leave it. Go figure it out. You, you guys will figure it out. <laughs> you know what? I got to laugh about these things. It's so messed up. <laughs> click on this, and it will take you to buy a pair of socks when you click on monthly <laughs> donations. <laughs> Well, the thing that your audience doesn't know, Pablo, is that we've spent, what, uh, almost an hour before starting the, the program just working through technical glitches on oh, your yeah. end and my end. So I was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, this, this is it. Look, it finally worked. So there it is. You don't get socks. You actually get what you're supposed to get here. The monthly, the monthly uh, donation plans are right there. They're pretty self-explanatory. It's a blessing. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Okay. I'm glad everybody was able to have a good laugh. This is not, this is no laughing matter. Carl, your book is fantastic. We talked about it um, uh, last time. I want you to briefly tell us uh, quickly about your book and what is so amazing about this book, folks, is you don't have to read it in order. That's all I'll say. Carl, why don't you talk to us a bit about this book? Yes, uh, it is. It is a, a book that stands at the crossroads of culture, religion, politics, and technology as we examine how the world is shifting and building a biblical response to the shifts that we see presently taking place uh, <laughs> right now in our very yeah. midst. Oh yeah. And so uh, along the way, I take I, I take my my research very seriously. I, I believe that it's important that we that we have a measure of integrity and seriousness engaging in this type of research work. So I take you along with me vicariously through my book to pagan events, uh, to United Nations events, to world government and global governance events, uh, into the realm of interfaithism, and then into things like transformational culture, which is, I mean, Burning Man is the mothership of that yeah. uh, movement, though, of course, there's more to it. So it's a big book. It's, I think, um, well, I know it's over 500 pages, I think 570, including the index yep. with 1800 with 1800 footnotes. So I, I somebody just recently put on a, on an Amazon review that there's uh, and she I guess the person figured this out by using the Kindle version. 77% of the book is text. The rest of it is footnote. That's so crazy. you can go you, you can go and chase down and track down the material so that you can do a deep dive yourself. Yeah, and the book is actually meant to be like a, a mini 
um, not a mini. It is a university course. Here it is. The whole thing's laid out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's fantastic. It really, really is, folks. I, I would encourage you to get this. Listen, let me bring us both up before we go to your next website, which I think is is amazing. But um, Carl, one thing that I wanted to say is, look, we're dealing with one aspect of your research, right? Uh, in part one, part right. two, we're talking about Burning Man. That's just one aspect of your research. I think it would be really, really cool if you would be okay with it. If the next time you come on, hopefully shortly, maybe after Christmas time, uh, we talk about the UN. We talk about things mm. that they're trying to pass, things that they've passed. What really is their focus? What really is what drives? What is the drive behind the UN, right? And so there is a lot there that we could unpack, and I think it would be really, really good, incumbent upon us to sit down and just have a conversation because, you know, you're getting these these um, uh, a barrage of information from both sides. UN says this. UN says this. UN uh, talked about this, uh, and the UN did this. You know, and so you have so much that is being thrown at people that they don't know how to digest everything that is being thrown at them in regards to the United Nations. You know, you got the SDG summit. You've got um, the summit of the future. You've got all these things right. that are happening. And so, how do we? How do we dissect that? How do we? How are we able to take in bite-sized pieces so that we're well informed and we don't, you know, we're we're not uh, we're not duped essentially. So if if that's okay with you, I think it would be a good idea. I would love to dive into that. Absolutely cool. love to. And, and and I know Pablo, I know you have a copy of my book because I see yep. it on the shelf behind yep. you. Sure is right uh, here. I have, I have an entire I have an entire chapter dedicated to global governance issues and uh, um, dealing on the United Nations and, and some of the intersections, especially with the World Federalist community. And the World Federalist is the largest pro-world government lobby group in operation. So I, 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 I've, I've done the homework. I, I've yeah. been a part of that. I've been a part yeah. of that world at a personal level. Uh, and I'd love to have a conversation. It's really yeah, we, important. We need Here's to. The, the, the interesting... It, Interesting little correlation, the, the, the crossroads of where it all comes together. Um, at Burning Man, I've, been a, I've attended workshops on the Sustainable Development Goals uh, with, with one of the young leaders of the World Economic Forum talking about advancing United Nations programs, agendas, and, and principles. Uh, in fact, at the 2000, I think it was a 2019 burn, I have to do some homework now, if it was 18 or 19, we had the former uh, chief economist of the World Bank. Uh, at Burning Man, wow. looking to take looking to take away ideas and concepts from the burn to be integrated into World Bank projects. Yeah, so it's important. There's a core. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna yeah, I was just gonna say that you you took the words out of my mouth. There is an overlap to each one of the things that that you research, and obviously, it's important that we understand them and that we study them. Obviously, always through the lens of scripture, but there is an overlap here. And don't think that one and the other are two totally separate, distinct entities because they're not. They are not. They overlap. Right. And so it's important to know these things. Okay, let me just get back over here. We'll get cracking. Uh, forcing change. Folks, again, everything's linked below. I would encourage you guys to go to uh, Carl's website, Forcing Change. Now, listen, if you want to access all of the material down here, all the material for now, all of it is free. And I want to encourage you guys uh, to go and become a member. You just have to go ahead, click right there, sign up. It's easy. Just click sign up. And what's going to happen is you're going to be taken to this page right here.
This is the member area, and it's chock full of resources. There is no reason uh, for any of us folks to be ignorant because there's so much good material, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to present some of this material so that none of us are duped. Obviously, material numero uno is La Biblia. It's the Bible. Man, I sound like Spanglish here going on, right? But that, that's what it is. I'm going to talk like this, Holmes. You know, the number one thing is like the Bible, eh? And so, um, but yeah, yeah, you could laugh. It's okay. It's okay, man. Uh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> don't make me start doing voices. So, uh, but listen, all things aside, all the links are below. Um, and again, encourage you guys to take the time to dive into these subjects as hard as they are. Carl, you break these down in, in a way that's easy for us lay people to totally understand because some of the things really, when I read things, I go, what? What did they just say? And it just goes right over my head. And I have to reread it over and over and over again. And there are times where I read an article and I go, I have no idea what I just read. I have no clue. They used a lot of big jargon, a lot of big words. And at the end of the day, I'm just as lost, if not more at the end of the article than I was when I first started. I should have just stuck to the headline and I'd be a lot better off. But you have a knack and a gift to break these things down for us. So what do you say we get we get started, my brother? Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay, so I'm going to just play this. Um, I don't know. It's like a 13, 15-second clip of the temple. You're going to explain to us afterwards what the temples are. And then uh, you did a walkthrough of the temple, which we have here, and we can go ahead and uh, play that when you're ready. But let me go ahead and get this cracking. Let's play this video here real quick. And again, if you want me to stop this, that's fine. This is just a 10-second video. By the way, that is beautiful. That's yes, gorgeous. I can tell you a little bit about that after we're done. You bet. Sure. Okay, and, and that was it pretty much. That's it. But let me go ahead okay. and I'm going to go ahead so, and rewind because I want that right there. Okay, so right there, that is the temple. The, the first uh, structure that you showed was uh, the chapel to Babel. Okay, and let me go the, ahead and the, pull that. This one right here. That's the chapel to Babel, which was an amazing structure also. Incredibly detailed. Uh, fantastic, fantastic uh, attention to the structural concepts, to, to how it was laid out. Uh, it was really an intricate piece. And of course, the whole thing is screaming a worldview because of that's course. what this is. So, this is so Babel. Whole, in fact, you could, you, you could go there at seven o'clock in the evening and get a, a, an explanation of, of what it was all about um, because this, the entire thing was meant to have this, uh, this perspective of being uh, giving us a, a sense of unity again, the sense of, of mankind coming together. So, so let me ask you a question, and, and folks, just bear with us, because I don't want, I don't want us to miss what we're seeing here. Uh, it seems to me that everything that is done at Burning Man, is, there's, a, there's rhyme and reason, there's a purpose for it. So as I'm looking at this, uh, what did they call it? Um, Chapel of Babel. There are yes. panels here, and they look to be wheat-pasted with images on here. And I would imagine that the images that are on the front, uh, there's tears to these images. I see the eye right there, which I would imagine is maybe an all-seeing eye. I don't know. I'm guessing here. Um, and then it goes up to that older gentleman. I don't know what the meaning of that is. The cow and then the baby at the top. So... Do you know if there is what the purpose of the images were, uh, the panels? 
Well, a, a part of it, a big part of it is a collage to life. So you have imagery of okay. insects, animals, people. Uh, there's a lot of tarot symbolism throughout. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a, a, a lot of imagery that's meant to evoke a sense of of uh, like almost um, how do I describe this? A sense of of, of shock, not not necessarily shock, shock but a, oh, how do I describe this? Like a distant like a disconnect yeah. with, with with reality. It's 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 meant to 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 be a psychological bit of a psychological mind bomb. Uh, always you're seeing things that are, are a little bit disturbing, a little bit off, not quite not not quite real and yet at the same time hyper real. And yeah. so there's there, there's a sense of 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 purpose to what's being done here. And you're walking through it and you're thinking, well it's chaos, but it's not. It's not. There's yeah. intentionality. Yeah, and there's you know what I, what I'm looking at here is that there's dimension to this, right? There's depth yes. to this, and some people might be going, "Dude, you're overlooking this." No, uh, again, from an artistic perspective, you've got to look at these from uh, what is what is the artistic uh, uh, what are they trying to convey to the viewer, right? What what is the purpose? You said they're trying to convey life here, but at the same time, there's a lot of mysticism. That is that's that's involved here. I'm looking at the dimensionality of the structure. There, there's a lot of depth, and uh, as I look at the side here, everything has leading up to the top. I can't see what's at the top. There's a picture there of, I don't know, I, I can't make it out on the top right hand side next to the baby. But um, the other thing that that really blew my mind is you know exactly where the entrance is. I mean, there is no yes. doubt, right? <laughs> yes, and in fact, there's one thing not showing in the image, and that's right above the eye. That's that's over top of the entrance. Uh, on the first day, there was a cutout or a silhouette of Larry Harvey, the founder of Burning okay. Man, standing. Okay, so there's actually doors behind the eye, and they open, and the silhouette of Larry Harvey comes out and stood above us as we were all waiting to go in. And wow. then when Babel burned, because they burned this, when they burned this after the man on Monday night, and they burned this at midnight, uh, the silhouette of Larry Harvey was again standing above everything. I've got a crazy picture of, of Larry Harvey in flames standing above the, the entrance to Babel. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. So, I know it just it sounds so bizarre, Pablo. So bizarre. So as you go in, you can either turn right or turn left. You have double doors right in front of you, but then to the right or to the left, you have a walk around hallway. It's a narrow hallway that skirts around the entire perimeter of the structure, and it's loaded with imagery as well. And then you open the doors, walk in. You have a triumphal arch, as the other image that you showed saw. So you have this massive triumphal arch. There's always this, there's sounds of animals, there's sounds of, of yeah, there you go. You, you get a sense of, of what it's like inside. It's not, again, it's not just a throw, you know, throw together yeah. kind of thing over the weekend. Yep. There's been a lot of, of intentionality and purpose in the building. Yeah. And then behind all of that, that, that I don't think you see in, in this video clip, but behind that, there are a, a, there's another set of double doors. And, and those double doors are, uh, the images on it are two elephants and they're confessional booths. So you open ah. up one of the doors, and there is a volunteer, a volunteer artist in there waiting to hear your confession. Wow, that is crazy to me. I mean, as I'm looking at this, and, and, and again, just bear with us, because the amount of time that it takes to build this, you look at some of these. So I'm looking at the pictures. I would imagine that 
I don't know if these are just random pictures of people, but uh, there there is a, a graphic designer. There's an artist that laid each one of these panels out, and these are these are digital collages. Um, and it takes time to do this. It takes time to print these. It takes time to wheat paste them. I would imagine that these are wheat pasted. Uh, I don't know, uh, but it, it, there is so much detail. And again, I know I sound like a broken record, Carl, so please pardon me, but do you guys see the amount of detail and time that goes into this? And I don't see any of this as the church is worried, uh, worried as the church is by and large competing against the world trying to be like the world right the church is busy right now uh putting on a show of lights and and whose stage is bigger and who has the loudest speakers this is what the world is doing it is captivating the minds the hearts and i hate to say it the souls of people because they're hitting a target they are hitting an area of need in people and they're not meeting that need, but it is a it is a counterfeit meet of that need, right? Right, right. And and, and, uh, and please jump in, jump in. What, 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 one of the, one of the things that comes with this is is that there's a sense of 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 purpose or intentionality that has gone. It, it's evident in the actual artwork itself, and and. What we see so often, or, or we we feel, and I hate using that word "feel" because we overfeel everything already. Yeah. But there is a sense of of oftentimes within our church culture, we we almost take a, a shopper's mall approach to it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It yeah, becomes it becomes clinical. It becomes sterile. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and unfortunately, uh, I'll tell you this much: um, the the younger generation, uh, millennials, but more importantly, the Gen Zs. They could see right through counterfeits. They could see through phony. They totally could see right. through phony. And you know what? They're looking for truth. And that's what I hope and pray that uh, we convey. Like, that's one of the big changes that uh, the Lord laid on my heart when it comes to doing these conversations where we just sit down and uh, it, there's there's really, you know, no perfect structure. But at the end of the day, what you're going to get here is truth. Because these kids are going to universities and they know they're not getting the truth. They're being totally brainwashed. They have no clue. They're like little walking robots. There's no sense of individuality. And so they go to these events like Burning Man where they're invited to just be themselves. And let's, you know what, let, let me give, they're being given a version of truth, which we know is not. And, and you're the one that, that has been there. But I don't know. Do you want to do the walkthrough right now or do you want to talk about the article? Whichever way you want to go, I'm game. So. Let's do the walkthrough. Let's do the walkthrough okay. through the trap or through the chapel of Babel, and then after okay. that, see where else uh, we, we go. Okay, let's. Do so here we go. Let me know. Um, I'm going to pause this because there is yeah, so sure. much imagery here. <laughs> that is and, totally we pasted. Definitely we pasted. Right. And, and you can hear the wind as we walk through. You're going to yeah. hear the wind. You're going to hear the creaking. And I'm only walking you through one little part of it. I've already clipped out uh, the other three sections or the three walls or whatever it was going to be. But yeah, as, as we go through this together, you hear the wind. Um, and then we'll be walking through the double doors. Oh, I just saw something that I found real interesting. Do you see this right here on the left? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. The place so, is loaded with that kind of imagery. Yeah, and that's a cultic imagery. So the, the, I mean, it, I, it, 
Go ahead. Right. So it's, it's screaming. It's just screaming that there's a mythological, you're, you're entering into a mythological reality. It, you're, you're, it, it's, it's screaming. There's a symbolic meaning behind all of this. There's something deeper going on. There's something more purposeful, more meaningful. Even though we recognize that from a biblical point of view, it is, it is, an, it is error. It is giving us a lie versus the truth of Jesus Christ. That's a, one, of, one of the takeaways I take from events like this, and not, not only Burning Man, but others, where they take uh, 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 and, and purposely build layers of meaning into things so that yeah. you seek it out. So that, the, that you, in a way, it feeds your soul, or it feeds not maybe your soul, but your sense of trying to find a, yourself in the purpose of something. Yeah. Um, and they do a good job of, of drawing you in that way. And what I noticed here, too, is the fact that uh, it seems to me that with, with all these images, anything goes, anything is accepted, whatever it is, right, we will welcome you. And that's obviously uh, Satan's lie. That is the message that Satan wants to convey. Everything goes. We just will accept you just the way that you are. You don't have to change. There's no need. If anything, actually embrace what you're doing and put it in fifth gear and go all out. Is Am I off base? Because that's what I'm looking at. No, you're it's, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But the, isn't that what culture is telling us anyways? Yep. This is what society is already saying. And, and and here's one of the important points to, to even attending events like this, Pablo. A lot of times people are like, oh, oh, Burning Man, Burning Man. Isn't that so scary? Look, all it is, it's a concentration. That's all it is, a concentration yeah. of what your neighborhood and your community and what your family already embraces yeah yeah absolutely 100 you know, but what's there already yeah it, you're you're actually seeing uh you're seeing society right here in images you're seeing it in in art installations you are seeing things here visually right um and they're obviously what we're seeing too is there is a spiritual aspect to this there is um you know, there, there's a lot of darkness here, and praise God for, for men. And I think you guys go with a group of people, is it you, two others, three others? I forget. Um, yeah. Believers. Praise God, because in all of this, there is the light of Christ. You know what I mean? And um, I think it's, it's so necessary. But this is a glimpse into what society is trying to convey to people. I'm going to keep playing this. Um, I think that's pretty cool. The wind blowing, you know. Look at those panels there on the left. Man, yep. yeah. Look at the intricacy in that woodwork. Those are faces right there. I don't know if that's woodworking, but um, mm -hmm. tell us what we're going to see. Are you going to open this at all or no? I'll let you play the video. <laughs> all right, let's do it. There's a confessional booth. Right here. The elephants, yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah, yep. those are the confession. That's the confessional booth. Who's this dude here? I don't know. I'd have to look okay. it up. But to me, it, okay. you may, I mean, it right away it hit me that it might be, uh, oh, golly. Um, oh, this is horrible. 
uh, Alistair Crowley, but at the same time, like, no, it's not Alistair. But that was the very first thought that when I opened up the door, okay. I'm like, hey, Alistair Crowley's looking at me, but it's not Alistair Crowley. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that pin right there. That is pretty, yeah. that's pretty nifty. That is crazy. I don't know if that's on purpose. Is that on purpose or is that just? Yeah, it is on playing purpose. It. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> It's like Pablo, shut up, man. Just play the video. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. There you go. Oh wow. There's a cup a couple yep. of them. Yep. Yep. I see that. There you go. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, okay, I, talk to us about that. I mean, I'll let you roll because then we'll we'll get into this article. Um, well, because yeah, go ahead. You, you know, the, the first night, uh, Saturday, Sunday night, uh, when the event, of course, opens up, uh, we're out there. One of the first things I do is, you, you, of course, you set up your camp, and then sure. off you go out out to the playa to go look at the art pieces. You go see the man. You go see the temple. You go see the the, the stuff that all of a sudden kind of captures your attention, and this. This tower captures your attention right yeah. away, and of course, it's yeah. it's the it's the Chapel of Babel, and and it was a long line to get in. The place was packed. They've got imagery of of going in on Sunday night, and it's just wall to wall jam packed because it drew people. Like I said before, there's a, a mythical intentionality, a symbolic uh, layering behind it that all of a sudden compels people. It draws people in. And now you're wondering not only what is this about, but you actually feel like you're now stepping into something where there's a mystery. There's there's some type of there's some type of messaging that's taking place, and it was more than obvious as we we're all standing around looking at this and then listening to the conversations, as everybody was pointing to different images on the walls, pointing to different pictures, to different symbols, and then the conversation around the the, the tower uh, was evident. It, it, it drew out. In fact, that's the point of it it draws out conversations it draws out uh questions and and the artist did a really good job of of pulling that forward yeah and then of course you walk in and then it, and it was packed and the first thing that struck me besides what, what i thought was a picture of of alistair crowley and it turned out it wasn't because <laughs> it's not but uh, you know it was just like oh there just how you know kind of how his forehead and everything looked i'm like yeah. oh okay and then you're like i oh, don't Oh, you just made that up in your own head, girl. Uh, <laughs> but, but then, but the thing you couldn't ignore was the triumphal arch. Yep. Yeah, and I if, saw that. You have an under, yeah, and if you have an understanding of the meaning of the triumphal arch, uh, it, its purpose in ancient in, in in ancient cultures, its symbolic and spiritual meaning, its meaning of triumph, its meaning of conflict, uh, uh, victory. Uh, it was. I mean, I walk in. I'm going whoever the artist was and I've, since then I've done some homework and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, I did find out, I mean, you can go online and, and learn all about the art piece. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the individual's very, very intentional. Uh, this is the same um, artist and, and crew that built the triumphal arch that was displayed at the Smithsonian and then at the Cincinnati art museum in 2018. So here's the thing, Pablo, um, Burning Man is mainstream. It's yeah. mainstream enough that in 2018, the Smithsonian opened up their entire Renwick Gallery to Burning Man art pieces and the Burning Man story 
and then those same art pieces traveled across the U.S. going to different galleries. I happened to be in Cincinnati when it was coming through Cincinnati. My wife and I uh, walked through the art gallery in Cincinnati, and there's this great big triumphal arch, and in you go, and it was all loaded with Burning Man history and Burning Man displays and Burning Man, uh, you know, exhibits. So it's no longer uh, fringe. When it hits Smithsonian, sure. it's not fringe. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. That's mainstream. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Well, and you were telling us that some of the folks that actually attend these Burning Men, you said that in the beginning too, but that's just one in, in many, they're really high influential people. They are. They are. This is Silicon Valley's event. I mean, this is where Google goes. And there's there's reasons why the very first Google Doodle was the Burning Man symbol. Yeah. Because Google and Burning Man are synonymous in many respects. When Elon Musk, and I, I, and I put this in my book, by the way, the, the chapter on transformational culture, when Elon Musk attended the premier showing of HBO's series on Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, he ended up asking the, the producers, the directors, the, 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 he asked the uh, um, cast, who here has been to Burning Man? And yeah. nobody had been to Burning Man. And he ends up chewing them out, using some, some pretty profane language, but he chews them <laughs> right out because of like, and he's right. He's like, how do you know what Silicon Valley is if you don't know what Burning Man is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's insane. Again, some of the things that uh, I would imagine that they probably have the same adage that uh, Vegas does, and they just borrow it for a time being. What happens at Burning Man stays at Burning Man kind of thing, right? Um, absolutely. I think the bigger picture, at least when I was looking through this, because I will be honest with you. Uh, the first thing that I thought of before talking to you, before researching Burning Man, is the fact that I thought this is just a demonic, Satan-worshipping, uh, you know, a get-together in the desert. And look, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the one that gets the glory for what happens here is not Satan himself. But obviously, these people don't go and get together and say, hey, you know what? We're going to worship Satan here, unbeknownst to them, because they're spiritually dead, as Scripture says, right? That's exactly who is getting the honor, who is getting the glory, right, is, is unfortunately mm -hmm. Satan himself. But what I see when I see Burning Man is I see a lot of lost people. I see a lot of hurting people. I see people here, and I want to turn this over to you. I see people here that have had some sort of connection with the church. They've had some semblance of, quote, experience with Christianity, but it failed somewhere. The church failed at some point, and they were still looking for truth, okay? And this is one of the venues that looks so inviting, and I want you to talk into that a bit before we address this article. Absolutely. So let, let me address that by telling you about an encounter that took place that the, the night that the Tower of Babel burned. And I can't remember, Pablo, if I shared this with you in the first segment or not, uh, because it's been now a couple of weeks since we did it. Sure. Nevertheless, uh, if I did, so be it. Share it again. doesn't matter. Share it again. So the night that the Tower of Babel or the Chapel of Babel burns, and it burned at midnight after the man had burned, uh, Brian, Audrey, and myself go to witness and watch the, the fire. We come yeah. to watch the, you know, the whole thing go up in flames. And, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people surrounding this, this massive edifice. And uh, as we're waiting, because it's usually, you know, it takes some time. Everybody's being positioned. The fire marshals are all in attendance. You've got your, 
you're, you're, the people guarding it, watching the crowd because you don't want people rushing into the fire. Yeah. You have, there's, there's a lot of things that go into setting up uh, uh, an installation burn. It doesn't Do you want just, me to show the picture? Right. Yeah, the you burn? can show the picture. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. And while you talk, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And that's the temple burning. So that's that's the uh, the other main structure. There's a number of structures. But that's the temple burning. Uh, but yeah, when the, when the Tower of Babel burns burns, you know, it's the same kind of thing. They've got guards around it. They've got people around it, and uh, it, it's a lot of work to, to pull all, all of that together. A lot of volunteers that are involved. So while we're waiting for the the Chapel of Babel to burn, Brian's he's tired. It's an after midnight. It's been a long week. We've had a crazy wet few days. And there's this chick beside us who's pestering Brian, wants to have a conversation with Brian. And for whatever reason, Brian, he just has this magnetism. People come up and talk to him all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because it's like, well, you know, where's Brian? Well, he's talking to somebody again. That's kind of how it always is. But he was tired. His eyes were closed. He didn't want to talk. And this girl kept kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'll talk to you kind of thing. So he starts talking to her, and they have a meaningless conversation about travel, about she's been on a journey. Um, we weren't picking up the cues. And and the conversation just kind of played out. And that was before the chapel burns. And then as the chapel burns to the ground and we're about ready to leave, her and Brian end up having a little bit of a conversation again. It wasn't really much at all, but Brian also does blacksmithing work. And he has... Of course, Burning Man is a gifting economy. We're all gifting things to each other. It okay. could be anything from food to shirts. I mean, it's, it's there is drugs there. I've been given drugs. You're given all kinds of things. So part of the gifting culture, can you accept a gift? Can you give a gift? And so as this conversation with her is kind of winding down, and it's been a meaningless conversation, really. It's just chit-chat. Yeah. Brian, Brian pulls out one of his handmade crosses one of his black projects and he hands her this cross and he simply says to her trust jesus and he gives her this cross and pablo she breaks mm. she stops she yeah. grabs his arm her eyes are locked to his eyes for a full 15 20 seconds the tears are just streaming down she turns to audrey brian's wife locks eyes with her and just the tears are coming no words are said nothing is said yeah. we're all kind of like all right what's going on she grabs my arm i hold her shoulder and we look into each other's eyes no words are exchanged and the tears are just coming and she's clutching this cross and holding this cross and then it was her husband or boyfriend or something i think gave her a little poke from behind for whatever reason something snapped and and she got up and off she went and Pablo the three of us are looking at each other going what just happened yeah <clears throat> what just happened he gave her a cross yep Brian gave her a cross and said trust Jesus and something something went off in her soul yeah yep you know where did she come from what was her history what's the context has she has she been running from Christ she told us she was on a journey. We, I mean, Brian and her talked about travel as if that was the journey. I think now we realize that afterwards, no, the journey was something spiritual. The journey was That's something right. meaningful. It was yeah. more than just, hey, you know, I went to Colorado or, hey, I went to, you know, Mazatlan. Yeah. Um, 
there was something remarkable and and the reaction was not what we expected so what was her story we don't know but how ironic at the at the chapel of babel as it's burning to the ground irony of ironies i mean babel in genesis the book of genesis god comes down and and dismantles the project by confusing the language and the place basically ends up collapsing that's what it does all of our babbles always collapse they're always deconstructed they burn they crash they end in catastrophe whether the babble whether babble is the soviet union which it was a form of babble whether the babble is globalism whether it's the united nations whether it's interfaithism whether it's burning man they're all babbles whether it's actually buildings built specifically to symbolize that like the winnipeg museum of human rights or the Chapel of Babel at Burning Man this year. All of them, all of them come to an end. And so here we are at the end of Babel, at what is a massive cultural Babel. Yeah. And one small item, a cross, and two words, trust Jesus, breaks her heart as Babel is burning. I mean, the irony uh, and the symbolism is so deep. Yeah, and it, I don't know. Have no. We'll never know. We'll never know what her story was. This side of this side of eternity, you know. No, we don't. But and, and I guess maybe that's kind of where, um, you know, we need to we need to take a step back and not look at these events as oh, they're a bunch of Satan worshippers and they're because look, I hate to say it, that's what this is. Look, I like to have these kind of conversations. The church has become extremely judgmental. I am guilty of that. I am guilty of that myself. I'm not going to sit here, point the finger to somebody else and not, you know, come to grips with the fact that I've been guilty of that. It's easy for us to look at somebody else and go, I'm better than that person. When in turn, the Lord never called us to compare ourselves with anyone else, because when we look at ourselves through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody fails miserably, miserably. And when we look at an event like this, and this is a drop in the bucket of things that are happening all around the world, what we see here is we see the harvest. We see see a harvest here, right? In the sense of what I'm looking at is who is going to go in there and, well, not a harvest, but we're looking at a field that is ready to be sown with the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and like you just said, well, for that one specific person, that one girl, that seed could have been the cross right there given to her and those two words, trust Jesus. Look, at the end of the day, and Carl, I would love to, to get your take. Does the Lord need to have, do we need to seriously preach a sermon to somebody in order for the Holy Spirit to touch them? The Lord doesn't need that, does he? No, no. You know, I'm glad you said this or asked that question. My friend Bob Worley, who attends, uh, who has attended with us, he's been going to Burning Man since I think 1996. Uh, kind of like almost a one-man show. He's dragged a few other people out there over the years, and and now Bob is in his 60s. He's retired, and 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 Bob is a solid, solid believer. I mean, he's been going out there handing out bottles of water, and and this year he was outside the city helping. We end up having a, some big conversations around that event yeah. of Brian handing that young lady across and how it was just one seed and bob reminded all of us he said look if it wasn't for the fact that christians dropped seeds into his life and those seeds took months and years to germinate if christians hadn't taken the time to plant there wouldn't have been a harvest there just wouldn't have been a harvest in his own life yeah and so sometimes that's what it really i mean can you stand there and, and preach a sermon 
sure. Will they listen or would they walk away? I, I, I don't know. Some might listen. A lot of people are going to walk away. Are, you, are people more prone to, to sit and have a conversation and you drop seeds into the life in a meaningful way and demonstrate we care for you uh, as an individual first, not as you know a little check mark on a box? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I had a conversation, Pablo, with a guy. Man, this is, I think, Wednesday night or Thursday night. I was on top of a four-story art structure with this guy. We just kind of bumped into each other. We were looking at all the craziness below us, and he was like, isn't this amazing? We ended up having this big conversation. Turns out he was a, a, a Jewish gentleman from Mexico City, now working for Microsoft. Um, by the way, to your point of Satanism, uh, yeah, I've, I've met a few people there who would be Satanists. I've met a few people who are Wiccan. I have a, a, a friend. And he is a friend who's a Luciferian who goes, and every year I, I go and hunt, hunt him down, and we yeah. end up spending a, you know, either a morning or an afternoon visiting together yeah. um, because I do that. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. are people. Yeah, that's right. Um, but here's this guy, you know, and, and and we end up having this great big conversation of, of all things about Psalm 51. And he, he's like, what camp are you a part of? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm with the camp of the unknown God. He's like, well, what's that about? We're a Christian camp. Well, he, he told me he was Jewish. And so I said, hey, you know, here, here's a really interesting bridge between uh, Judaism and Christianity. And, and this is, let's take a look at Psalm 51. And yeah. I, I, I had done an expository uh, his sermon on it uh, a, a few months ago. So I was like, we ended up having, I, it was probably close to a 40 minute conversation. Yeah. When it was all done, man, the guy, we were hugging each other. We had, we had, had such a, an incredible conversation. And, and, and the point was, it was both ways. We had, a, we were, I was listening. He was listening. We were conversing. Yeah. And I think sometimes we miss it, that oftentimes planting a seed is taking the time to listen to somebody go yeah. into their setting you listen and then you have a conversation yeah um and you're not you're not you're not there to beat people up that's not it you're not there to everybody's condemned already we, we tend that's to forget right. john three seventeen. <clears throat> you know i'm yeah. condemned already but wasn't for christ i'm condemned right. period yeah. end of story i'm in the sh i'm in their shoes yeah but now yeah. Th thank thank the lord um there's grace and and so we're to walk in, in a way that brings honor to his grace. I, I have met some Satanists there. I've met some Wiccans there. But for the most part of the 80,000 people who attend, I would say the majority are just, are, are either kind of more on the quasi new agey side or are just secularists. I mean, lots of atheists, lots yeah. of agnostics. Listen, I, I do a survey. In fact, I've got part of my survey here. I did 300 surveys. I don't know if you can see that really well. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, yep. No, no, no. Anyways. Did surveys um, asking what position uh, they were previously in terms of the religion and, and the philosophical position where they are now. This one I'm, I'm looking at right now is former Christian, now atheist, uh, flip the page, um, past Jude, Jew, past Judaism, present atheist, and next page, present agnostic, present pagan, uh, agnostic, agnostic, past Christian, past Christian. Um, yeah, current Hindu, <laughs> it's everything. Wow. They're all there. Yeah. The world is there. That's the point. Yeah. The world is there. So when somebody says to me, oh, you know, and I'm gonna, just going to throw this out this way because yeah. I hear this all the time. The social media is great at reacting and not responding. You know, they're all just a bunch of pagans. They're all a bunch of witches. They're all a bunch of Satanists. They're all going to hell. Well, <laughs> yeah, the whole world is going to hell. Come on. Of course it is. Flat out. Of course. We're all going to hell. 
Wait, Carl, wait, wait. Price. Hold on. When you go to Burning Man, you mean you don't take your broom with you and ride? everyone doesn't ride around on a broom and a pointy hat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think I said this the last time we had our, our talk. When I was riding my bike this year across the playa, it really struck me. This is such an, an, an incredible blend of what we would call secularism yeah. matched up or chain linked together with mysticism. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both there, the, myth, yep. the, the mythic and the secular. So it, it, it's a very interesting uh, combination. It's not, it's not one thing. And Burning Man, that's, a th that's one of the big takeaways. Burning Man is not one event. It is in many respects, thousands of events all taking place yeah. in the course of one week uh, yeah. with, within a nine mile perimeter. You know, uh, let me jump in real quick, because you said something that I think is worth bringing up, especially as we're having this discussion about Burning Man is, in, in regards to the church, too, is what, what seems to me is that at Burning Man, you have all kinds of walks of life, right? You've got agnostics, you've got Hindus, you've got former supposedly Jews, uh, everything, mystics, New Agers, uh, Wiccans, you've got Luciferians, Satanists, I mean... You have all walks of life, yet they all come together and they coalesce in this big, gigantic get-together known as Burning Man. And from my understanding, there is little to no issue. They could all get together and literally just have a drink, have a beer, hang out. You know what I mean? Have a good time. Before anybody starts thinking that I'm off my rocker, this is the point I'm trying to make, Carl is the fact that if we were to have something like that, a big event, let's say a Christian event, and everything seems to be going good, start talking about the rapture and start talking about pre-trib rapture and nobody gets along anymore, right? Start talking about hmm. the different, uh, this one's a Presbyterian, Episcopalian, this one's a Lutheran, this one is fill in the blanks. We are not getting along anymore because we start coming up with all of these differences and what we don't realize is that if anybody should be coalescing should be gelling should be one body is the body of jesus christ because at the end of the day say what you may we all have the same mo because jesus christ gave it to us in matthew chapter 2018 i believe it was verse uh, 19 somewhere around there it's go ye therefore and make disciples of all men, of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have one mission, and that is to go outside of the doors of the church and take the everlasting gospel to the ends of the earth. And I think we've by and large failed at that. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just my opinion. What do you think about what I just presented where you have this you know, they're just hanging out, partying, having a good time. Now, please don't, folks, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying, hey, let's go out and have shots of tequila and get wasted together. Praise the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but but we have to come to grips that we have some serious, serious deficiencies in the church. And before I turn it over to you, Carl, because I really want you to address this, we I sent you this article and uh, the, this, was, this came out in 2020, but it's a timeless article because the question still remains the same. Christians are increasingly wandering the desert of Burning Man in search of truth. Now, I, I get that that's an oxymoronic statement. I understand because if you're a true Christian, you're not in search of truth because you've found truth. But look at what this article goes on to say down here. 
And it says this, Burning Man has also gained the attention of Christian media like this positive take on the festival and Christianity Today. Now listen, Christianity Today used to be a good uh, a, a good magazine. Unfortunately, it's become uh, lefty. But this is a question here. Check this out. And it should really make us think. Um, right here, let me. I'm going to read two of these, both of these paragraphs. Goes on to say, but there are plenty of liberal ministers, rabbis, members of communities of faith who have found their own reasons for going to Burning Man, and there's something intriguing about that. Sure, plenty of non-religious people ascribed spiritual ascribed spiritual and quasi-religious import to their pilgrimages there. Quote. That's why Burning Man is so powerful, says one minister speaking on the podcast. He quotes again. He says, we come here. Notice we. We come here and we learn what it is that all of these people longed for that they didn't get from the church. That should really be one of those hits that just hits us in the gut. It is. It, I, I don't know. what. What is your take on that? Obviously, the church is failing somewhere. What What are your thoughts on that, Carl? Well, first of all, to your point of, of if we all got together as Christians, and we you're right, we would all argue about every little minute point yeah. because for some for some reason we have and and I understand we have as Christians a desire to and this is a good desire, this is an honorable desire. We have an honorable desire to proclaim what is true. Yes. And to proclaim truth, we have that honorable desire, and that means that even within our Christian circles, while we don't necessarily have a full or complete picture or full understanding of, of some of the intricate, arguable issues, pre-trib versus other positions, uh, you, you see the, the the battle lines within Calvinism and so on and so forth. Yep. In, in many respects, it represents this this continual desire that we have, a fervency to to boil down to, and find what is the essence, what is the truth. At the same time, when it comes to the areas that we might not have a full understanding of how God is working, we don't necessarily have a full understanding of free will versus, uh, you know, all the, the, those arguments and those issues. So we end up forming our own tribes. Yep. And we end up, uh, you know, affirming each other in our tribes. Yeah. And then we don't have conversations. We have arguments. We, we don't have responses. We have reactions. And, and we end up in this battleground uh, over, over sometimes very small issues, sometimes big issues. Yeah. Um, but the church has, has continually experienced this. Uh, and, and in a way, it's a sad thing because we're supposed to be unified in the truth of Jesus Christ. And yet, what does the world see? What does the Christian community see? We see battle lines constantly being drawn yeah. and laid out. You know, we see this constant infighting going on. And this is one of the things that, that we say, look, if you want to come with us to Burning Man, we always have people who say, yeah, I'd like to come. Most people who say they'd like to come can't come or won't come. And I get it. It's actually not an easy event to, to necessarily get a ticket for sometimes. Trust me, it can be really difficult. And then all the, the commitment, the time and the commitment it takes yeah. and the money. It's not a cheap event. Nevertheless, one of the things that we have to wrestle with as, as our, little, our little group is, look, leave your positions on certain uh, flavors of the month, arguments within Christianity, leave them off to the side. 
you're here to listen to those around you. You're here to interact with the community. Yeah. You're here to spend time engaging. You're here to show love. You're here to listen and show understanding. And you're here to talk about Jesus Christ. You're here to talk about the the essence, what is truly true. Yeah. Not have an argument over predestination versus whatever else the, yeah. you know the the the, the topic talking talking points are. Um, we're supposed to be here as salt and light, as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing, I'm going there to do research, number one, uh, on, on the culture itself, then research how global issues intersect with the culture, and 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 then, of course, the the whole point of, of our lives as Christians is to be an outreach to the non-Christian world. And so, yeah. outreach is a huge part, huge part of what we do. We're always looking to have those conversations, yeah. but we're not looking to have arguments especially with each other. Absolutely. We can, yeah. We can maybe sit down for a cup of coffee yeah. later on, maybe after the event's over and, and we can hash some of the stuff through together then. Fantastic. Yeah. But especially at Burning Man, we don't want to see our camp, our camp, whoever comes in, end up having points of division over over these the, the tribal areas that our Christian community has become. Absolutely. Uh, when, we come, when we come, we want to be unified in our purpose and then go out as ambassadors in that in that context. Yeah, I think one of the biggest turnoffs to uh, the secular world is the fact that there is a lot of hypocrisy within the church. There always has been, unfortunately, there always will be. But um, I think for the past few decades, especially the last two three decades, for some reason it's it's gone into hyperdrive, and I you know the the world sees, just like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you've got Gen Zers that could just see right through you when you're being a fake and a phony. The world also sees right through us when we're being fakes and phonies. And one thing that set Christ apart in his ministry here on earth is that he was the real deal, right? He was mm -hmm. the real mm -hmm. deal. And that is what changed the culture. It was the fact that when you, it, it, in, um, for example, when you're designing with website programs, there used to be, maybe there still is, programs called WYSIWYG programs, and that is what you see is what you get. And in the same light is the fact that when Jesus Christ came here, what you see is what you get. He was sinless perfection embodied in man, and when he interacted with people, he loved on them in such a way that it was contagious. I mean, the outcasts of society, and in this case, Unfortunately, within Christianity, we look at people like this, right? I come from the punk culture. I love I love punk music, man. Punk music was was my was my it was my jam. I still listen to it here and there. And metal, heavy metal was my jam. And I went to a lot of shows that a lot of people would probably not set foot in. Not I don't go to those shows anymore because at the end of the day, most people there are just drunk or they're in the pit, you know, the mosh pit. And so but I used to go there and so I it's not that I feel uncomfortable around those folks. I don't at all. And when I when I look at that, I go, man, there is a lot of lost people. And we need to talk to them in a way that's just real. We need to bring the real Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture to them. You know, when I went to a place down in San Diego, it's, I think I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago or three, I don't remember, but there's a hamburger place down there in San Diego called Hodads, and they serve the the biggest hamburgers in the world. I mean, they're like they're like this big. You literally cannot fit your mouth around them, and you know, the pile of onion rings like this. It it's and it looks like a dump. It looks like CBGB, 
But uh, it's good, and the line is super long. If you don't get there early enough, you're going to be waiting for at least two, three hours to get into Hodad's. And it's funny, I make, you know, I make fun of the fact that, uh, you know, if, if to be an employee at Hodad's, you almost have to be tattooed all over and pierced in places that, you know, you probably wouldn't be pierced. But so we went over there and, you know, I'm in, I'm in my, I'm around people that I'm comfortable with. No big deal. Everybody around there is like drinking and partying it up. It is what it is. They're, we got to look at them like they're lost. You know, we, we at one point were where they were at. And we need to remember we have to have compassion just as Jesus Christ. And I walked up to a guy, I said, hey, here's the gospel card, man. I want to give you one of these cards. And, and these are the little cards that I offer. They're just business card size with the gospel in the back. And I hand the card to the guy and I said, hey, man, do me a favor. If you're going to throw it away, dude, just give it back to me because I don't want it to go to waste. But if you're going to actually keep it and read it, by all means, dude, I will encourage you. Keep it. And he pulls his wallet out, puts it in there. He's all, no, nah, man, he's all, I'm definitely going to read it. Uh, I, I really want to see what it says. And, and he, he kind of pauses for a second and he says, hey, you know what? I, I want to really thank you for giving this to me. And I said, dude, listen, um, there probably is going to come a point in time where you might hit rock bottom. And you're going to remember the card that somebody gave you with a message of hope. And it's going to rock your life. It will revolutionize your life. Jesus Christ will do that. And he said, dude, I'm uh, thank you. Thank you so much. He just couldn't stop saying thank you. And that was it. And like you said, we may never know the ripple effect that we may have when we do that. But it's our responsibility to go into the world, right? And yeah, invite people to church. But what are your thoughts on that, man? Have we kind of, has the paradigm, we've, and not paradigm, but have we kind of turned things around in the church? And I don't know, because it seems like we have. What do you think about that, Carl? Well, my, my view of the church is the church is, is to equip believers in Christ so that they can walk out into the world. The church Amen. is not the place for the community. Amen. The church is the place for those of us who are in Christ to be strengthened, encouraged, and, and equipped. Yeah. Uh, so we can have fellowship, so we can have prayer, so we can have worship. If a non-Christian comes into church, fine, but it's not. Uh, th this is one of the things that bugged me about the whole secret sensitive thing, Pablo. It was like it missed the point. Yeah, totally. It missed the point. The point yep. of church is not to bring the community in. It's to build up the local body so that they can go into the community. Amen. Because the agree. community historically has, has been at war with the church. I mean, yep. in every respect, it's been at war with the church. And, and for some reason, we have we have missed that in in maybe our soft, easy uh, last you know few decades here, especially in North America. Yep. So you know, I, I look at all this and I'm going, yeah, the church uh, needs to recognize that. While while uh, okay, let me back this up a little bit more again. Um, we all get excited about stories about the harvest and we all talk about the harvest and i've had this asked of me many many times have you seen a harvest have there been souls led been led to christ in other words have have you been reaping the harvest and we all want that that's pardon the language that's the sexy part that's that's yeah. like woohoo yeah. you know this is the pay, this is the pay dirt this is what yeah. we all want the goal yeah totally you got but we it. don't want the work we don't we don't want the yeah but we don't want the work that's right. That's right. That, that takes us to the goal. We don't want yep. to plant. We don't want to garden. We don't want to water. We don't want to go and pull out the weeds. We don't want to go into the soil that doesn't look 
like it even could produce a fruit. We don't even know if it will, but we just look at it and go, yeah, no, well, nothing good's going to come of it. So we ignore that that bit of soil. No, no, no. The sower is scattering the seed everywhere. There's no caveat. Don't spread the seed there. Don't spread the seed here. No, spread, spread, because you don't know right. where it's going to land. That's right. That's right. Man, that was perfect. You you really, really gave an amazing word picture. Really, really good. And unfortunately, uh, we oftentimes do that. I did share, um, I don't know if it was with you. Uh, I, again, I, I forget who or when, but, you know, there was a gentleman when we went rail watching came up to us. And again, I, why am I telling you guys this is because I am guilty of this. I don't want anyone to ever think that I, it was with you. It was with you, Carl. Me too. We talked about yeah. this, yeah. right? We talked about this. You, you're not perfect. Yeah. I'm not perfect. And so we're, it's not that we're preaching at you. We are having a no. conversation and we're saying, Hey guys, we're all in this together. Let's, but it, it, until we don't come to the realization that there is a problem. You can't come to the table and start discussing and talking about the problem to try and find the solution. And the only solution is what you just said, Carl. You know what? The church is to equip the saints to get out into the uh, into culture, into the communities, and to affect them with the light of Jesus Christ. And, and look, we could all come up with excuses of why we don't want to sow the seed. Like you just said, that was so perfect. Nah, it won't take there. Nah, that guy smells funny. Oh, that guy looks funny. No, that girl, you know, they're into witchcraft. That'll never take. You don't know that. You don't know. Look, your friend, uh, what's your friend's name that you went, uh, that gave the cross? Yeah, Brian. Brian. Dude, perfect yeah, example. Brian, yeah, when Brian gave the cross. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't know. Yeah. So, okay. So, look, let's let's bring it in for a landing because I know we kind of went over a bit and it's okay. This is These are great conversations and they're need they need to be had. But let's bring it in for a landing. So where do we go from here, right? We just laid out the problem, and, and that's fine. Let's talk about the problem. But what I like to talk about is solutions. Don't just give me the problem without talking about the solution. And I think the solution's fairly simple. But I want to turn it over to you. I want to get your take on it. How do we begin to remedy this in whatever time we may have? Because the Lord could come back tomorrow, but the Lord could tarry. We, sh we, need, to, we need to work and occupy as if he could take another thousand years. And so where right. do we go from I, here, Carl? Well, I, I actually think that it is a, a good and honorable thing for us to be pursuing what is true. Even, yeah. even though sometimes we end up having these points of division within the body. By the way, let, let me just, I, I know that was part of our earlier conversation. The, the non-Christian community also has lots of points of division. They don't sure. all get along. I go to witchcraft events. I've been to a, I've been to a handful of them. And I've been to a lot of different global governance events. One of the interesting takeaways is they don't get along with each other either they all have their points of argument and and are you know internal controversies and and you know one group doesn't get along with another group oh my word pablo i could tell you crazy stories you know it's oh, a man. human what, condition what we are we are we are we are just as we are guilty we all and we beat each other up we yeah. beat ourselves up and i get that we and we should yeah. because shame on us we should be bigger than this yeah but it's a human problem. It is. Yeah, it's, a, it's an issue Flat of the heart. It's a human problem. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So let's let's acknowledge that, and then yep. we move on as Christians. I think now let's keep pursuing what is truly true, 
we can have our internal disputes and big conversations about all the fine minute points that a non-christian will never have any understanding of because they're not at all interested in in the in the finer issues of of, of certain doctrines or church histories or whatever yep. they don't care they want to come to christ that's right <laughs> they want their sins they want their sins forgiven they want yeah. new life they, they want resurrection they want eternal life um, we want to to have that restored relationship back with with Jesus Christ, the one who made us, the yeah. one who is preeminent, even preeminent over our arguments and our disputes. That's right. So you know, let's maybe refocus. I think that's part of the solution. We have to refocus. And okay, back to the problem. We have to recognize that we are no longer in a Christian culture. Get yeah. rid of that thought. Get rid of this idea that we're in a Christian country or we're somehow in a Christian society. Uh, Hogwash. We haven't been in a Christian culture for a long, long, long time. We are in a pagan culture. That's right. And I and I'm and I'm not talking about how you know, that everybody is a Wiccan. Not at all. Not at all. But everybody has already adopted a pagan context, a pagan worldview to some extent. And so now how do we bring Jesus Christ into a pagan culture? One of the one of the tools and it's a great methodology and dr peter jones lays this out beautifully is to demonstrate that the god we serve is distinct he is unique he is not the same as creation yeah he is not the same as nature he's not the same as you it's a oneism versus twoism approach so we have to find those tools those methods the the, the hermeneutics of how to bring the, the gospel into the culture and we have to begin to do that and i think paul's uh, example at Mars Hill is, is a prime example for a pagan culture. We have to look for those entry points, those those places of conversation, and then not be afraid of man. Man, we're really good at being afraid at, of men. Uh, we, we suck at being afraid at, of, of God. I do. Uh, I live my life way too often uh, without without really having a proper understanding of his holiness. Yeah, I agree. And so we're not we're, so, yeah. we're, so we're not afraid of God, but we're afraid of men. Yep. We're afraid of people's opinions. Yeah, um, we're afraid. Well, now we're now we're afraid of our own shadows. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the, we all talk in the church how we want to encourage one another, and we're actually all, all we're really saying is I want to affirm the feelings that you have. Stop. No. Yeah. What is the main word of encourage? Courage. Stand up with courage. Be bold. Don't be arrogant, but be bold. That's right. That's be right. loving, and bring grace in with truth and boldness. Be authentic. So yeah. and okay. You want to see boldness and authenticity? Go to Burning Man and go and, and spend some time with the artists and look at the art pieces. There is yeah. authenticity. There sure. is purpose. It's wrong in this worldview, but it is out there and it is bold and it is big and it is yeah. in your face. Yeah. And there's no apology for it. Yeah. They're not making and, any apologies. And why should we? Why should we? And that's right. one thing that I noticed the church Bingo. does. We are constantly apologizing for the God we serve. Why? Why right. do we do that? Right. <laughs> the giver of life. Why would we even do that? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah, literally you know, the author of life. Exactly. Look, let me read Matthew 10, 28. It says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You hit the nail on the head. There is a lack of reverence of this holy fear of the God that we serve. I fall guilty of that. Again, I don't ever want anybody to think that I am somehow above reproach or somehow I'm I'm Mr. Perfect because I'm not. Like Paul said, of all sinners, I'm the worst one. I know what a pile, that a steamy pile I could be 
a lot of times and praise God for his forgiveness and his grace, man. I mean, it is what it is. Let's let's come to grips with the fact that it is, you know, let's let's call it what it is. And oftentimes right. we try to we, we try to put forth this persona of perfection and we're not. We're not. You know, we're not. So I, I think one of the solutions is let's let's maybe step out of our tribes and enter into a culture or a tribe that is opposite of yours. You don't have to go to Burning Man. That, that yeah. might mean that that might be as simple as you going down the street and entering into a, a, a restaurant or a cafe or going to the other side of town where you know nobody. Um, and how about we be ambassadors for Christ? An ambassador goes to a place he is sent somewhere. We are all as followers of Jesus Christ, we are ambassadors for Christ wherever yep. we are. Yeah. So how about we take that ambassador calling seriously? To be an ambassador means we are the official and legal representative of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. We're the official and legal representative. So wherever you go, that is actually your position. It's not what you're becoming. It is what you are. That's right. Now, live that out. Live that out wherever you may be. I, I struggle with that. I, I was at a Costco wall or a Costco uh, parking lot uh, a week and a half ago, and, and Costco is a, a sign that that hell exists because it was just it was wild, and I ended up in this altercation where this guy cuts me off. He stops and he's shaking his fists or whatever, and I'm like, "All right, I'm ready to get out of the truck." Yeah. Um, hey, and he he saw I wasn't just a little old guy, and yeah. all of a sudden I was like, ah, and he was gone. I'm like, but you know. <laughs> I wasn't an ambassador for Christ at the time, let me tell you. <laughs> you know what? I got to jump in here. and Okay, confession moment. Um, listen, folks, uh, do me a favor. Uh, if you have one of those little fishy stickers on the back of your car and you're weaving in and out of the carpool lane and you're driving like a maniac, take it off your car. <laughs> take it off your car. Um, I remember when I was – I had just started driving – I'm not proud of this. I'm just telling you guys, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not perfect. I was 16 years old. I was in the car with a buddy of mine, and we were driving down to the beach. It was down Beach Boulevard. We were going down to Huntington Beach. And um, I was driving my mom, my mom's car. She had let me uh, use her 1990, it was a 1995 uh, Volkswagen. It was a car. What was it? It was like a Jetta, one of those kind of little cars. And... Um, we're driving down beach and some dude cut me off and it just drove me nuts. So I went in front of him and I stuck my finger out and I gave him, you know, the, the one finger salute. And, uh, by the way, I was a Christian already. And what I'm trying to tell you is I, I'm by no means perfect. I was by no means perfect. Then I'm no means perfect. now. I don't do that now, but, um, I, you know, I rolled the window back up and you know what? The Holy spirit was instant. My mom had a fish sticker on the back that said, Jesus loves you or something like that. And I thought, oh, my land, I can't believe I just totally blew my witness. And who knows if that person either knew the Lord or what that person, uh, you know, said, that's what I mean. That's why I don't go to church is because of people like that young punk right there, bunch of hypocrites. And I'm telling you, I've never forgotten that moment. And... Just the other day, we were driving down the 605, and this Tesla just cuts in and out of the carpool lane. And in the back was a little fish sticker that said Jesus. And I thought to myself, wow. So, folks, listen. If you got one of those stickers, just take it off if you're going to be a stinker. 
realize that we are ambassadors at all moments, at all times, and that the world has their eyes on us always. And you know what? Don't, don't wait to learn that lesson the hard way. Don't do that. Because that's what Carl and I are here to tell you. The world is watching us. And now is high time that we are witnesses as unto Jesus Christ for the Lord. So listen, Carl, I don't know if you want to close with any, any last thoughts, but I would love to, whenever you're done, please share the gospel, brother. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the gospel is, is, is simple, but not simplistic, Pablo. And, and you know it. I mean, the gospel is, is the words of life. It is the fact that we recognize ourselves as being incapable of saving ourselves. And of course, that's the, the great fall in Genesis chapter three, where, where mankind um, takes the fruit. And by the way, the fruit's not an apple. It's not a pear. We don't know what the fruit itself was, but the intention behind the fruit was disobedience to what God had said. And the result being that we said no to the author of life. And then death becomes a consequence. Yep. And ever since then, we've been faced with this consequence of death. And every single one of us, it's a 100% batting rate, by the way, we are all going to die. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm not afraid of, I, you know, I'm not afraid of death, but the whole whole uh, road getting there doesn't exactly look too pleasurable. I've watched too much <laughs> of it. You know, bottom line, though, is we're not meant to die. We're not meant to die. We're meant to have that relationship with him. Amen. We're meant to have a relationship with the author of life. And this means that I have to confess to him flat out. I'm not God. Quit pursuing your higher self. Yep. I mean, Burning Man is full of people. The whole world is full of people pursuing their higher self. Get over that. There is no higher self. Yep. There is the self. There is. That's all we have internally. We have this, this problem. I had a conversation once. He wasn't a Christian guy. He told me my problem is, and he was speaking to himself, but he spoke to me. He says, my problem isn't that I think too highly of myself. My problem is that I think too lowly of myself. My problem is that the only person I think about is myself. And that is a direct result of this lie that we've all bought into. We bought into it because it's written into our DNA yeah. that we can be as God. We go, you know, we're gods of our own life. Well, we have to stop that. The gospel yeah. message is Jesus Christ, God in flesh, literally the author of life in flesh. The great irony came to be a man, live in his creation, be abused, be betrayed, be executed by his own creation for the purpose of defeating death, because he alone can defeat death. The only the author of life can defeat death defeat death so that a reversal of the fall can take place in your own heart instead of the disbelief which happens in genesis chapter 3 we didn't believe god so we're going to take the fruit now we say i believe i will trust accepting christ says i accept lord and i trust that you are the author of life mm -hmm. that you are god and that i am not and my sin this separating point this divine identity theft, because that's really what it is. I shed that. I give that up to you because I can't save myself. The only one who's going to save me is the author of life. And that's not me. That's Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen, brother. Um, listen, why don't you close us out in prayer? I would love uh, for you to do that for us. And if there's anyone out there that might want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. So take us away, brother. 
Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we come before you. We acknowledge. I acknowledge. Pablo acknowledges this, Lord. We acknowledge that we are that we are broken vessels and that we need your salvation. And Lord, we recognize that we can't save ourselves. There's nothing that we can do. It's not Jesus plus our good works. Jesus plus helping the poor, Jesus plus doing acts of compassion, Jesus plus rituals or observances, it's, it's you. And it's us just saying yes to you and acknowledging Jesus that we fall short, we are sinners. Yes. We, have, we have broken, we are broken individuals and we have broken that relationship with you. And so Lord, we just acknowledge that we are sinners. And we say to you, Lord, please, in your mercy, remember us. As you said to the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. Lord, we recognize that you're the one who brings us home. And so, Lord, we just ask that as we pray this, that you would stir in our hearts and our souls and our minds, first of all, who you are, that you indeed are the author of life, that you are true, and that we would truly trust you, Lord. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Carl, uh, my brother, this was an amazing conversation. So I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. You cool for uh, another round on the UN? We good for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Very absolutely. Cool. In fact, that, that's awesome. I love that idea because I'll give you a little glimpse of, of what the bottom line is. Please do. They're offering a salvation message. They're offering a salvation message. Quit looking at it as politics. Politics is just man's relationship with man. They're offering something more. They're saying that we can save ourselves. That man is our own salvation, that we collectively, through our politics, save ourselves. It's nothing more than an alternative salvation message. When you see it that way, it's like hokey dina. What yeah. are we getting set up for? Yep, yep. And you know what? Um, maybe that's the title we're going to go with, and I'm writing it down right now, because if I don't write these things down, um, I will forget. And I'm going to write, the UN can save us? Question mark. <laughs> So, so there it is, folks. That's the teaser. Uh, listen, I think we should come back first thing of the year. Uh, I think we're gonna, if we're still here. If the Lord hasn't come back, pray. You know, yeah, it, it would be great if the Lord came back. But if we come back, uh, if we're still here, I'm sorry. January, my brother. Um, we'll touch basis and we'll come back and we'll wrap about that because I'm excited to do that, folks. Listen. Um, Carl just said something as he was praying that to me is, it's so encouraging. The thief on the cross, they both reviled the Lord when they were both hanging there. Both of them were just jawing at the Lord. One of them, one of them realized what he was doing and realized that he was sinning against a holy God right there in the midst of his mm -hmm. uh, last moments. And how gracious of the Lord to say, today you're going to be with me in history. No works. That man had no works. That man never got baptized. And you know what? It was this. There wasn't, a, okay, close your eyes and let's do this sinner's prayer. Because God looks at the heart. Nope. And when the Lord turned to him, he yep. saw the heart. And he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So folks, listen, praise God that we serve such a loving, loving, loving God. Carl. I am so grateful for your friendship, for your brotherhood, my man. I'm looking forward to January. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Loved it. Thank this you. Was good. Absolutely. Family, listen, again, real quick, if you want the gospel cards, I have them now in English. Y las tengo en español también. 
I have them in Spanish as well. So go check them out. Uh, great little tools. Uh, listen, folks, remember, get into the Word of God and get the Word of God into you. I'm, I'm never going to tire of saying that. Never going to tire of saying that. And keep looking up because our redemption is so, so, so near. All right? So until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you guys. See ya. Thank you.